0: You're listening to Minority
1: Podcast for everything and everyone that doesn't fit in the box. I'm Ethan
0: and I'm Alex. And joining us this episode is Giselle, my best friend from Miami. Hi, I'm Giselle. This episode we're looking into the life of Alex and her background as a Cuban American. Let's talk okay. about it. <laughs> okay, now we can do our thing. Okay. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. And a lot of people think like, "Oh, if you're diverse, then all the problems are fixed." But that's actually like not true, like in me, like Giselle can tell you too, like there is like big stigmas of racism in Latin countries. Like racism is like not solved just because like more people are like ethnically or racially diverse. Um, It's honestly probably just as bad. Um, A lot of people feel like Cuba is like one of actually the most racist countries in the world. And growing up, I think that like most people always have like their impression is like Cubans are racist. Like Cubans are racist. Like that's just like you think about Cubans and you think racist. I don't know.
1: Is that, like, a common misconception in, like, being from Florida and Miami?
0: Oh, I don't think it's a misconception. I think it's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't think I'm racist, but (laughs) I really don't, I don't believe I'm a racist person, but I think that I have, even if it's not, like, not, like, full-blown racism, it's, like, these little microaggressions of racism where they're, these little moments where you're, like, hey, that wasn't cool, or, like, you don't say that, like, we don't think like that Mm -hmm. anymore we've we've progressed (laughs) as a country so
2: and i feel as though uh people in latin american countries like within the latin american countries they think they don't think they're racist but they might think of themselves as classist Mm -hmm. like people of color they are usually you know in poverty or in impoverished areas so when I say like, oh, you're saying something racist or like I'm calling them out on something, they're like, oh no, like, it's just, that's just how they are. Or like, that's just, you know, Mm. so I, yeah, I feel like they don't really understand their microaggressions.
1: In the last episode or in the promo, I like mentioned like, oh, you're a closet Cuban. I feel like in a way you were almost like a closet Cuban and then like you came out during college. I'm a closet Cuban. (laughs) What, if, like, we could unpack that a little bit more, I think it, like, it means that, like, you're ashamed of, like, your heritage and, like, that kind of thing. Like, I mean, within the U.S., like, there is, like, a lot of, like, anti-Cuban sentiment because of Castro and, like, a lot of that. So, I mean, like, it's not common to see, like, people who are proud of their heritage of, like, their, of Cuban descent or, like, that kind of thing. So, I think what I said, like, when talking about like you coming out in college was like oh like you actually kind of like retook that term like back and you're like oh actually this is like something that I'm proud of and it's not something I'm ashamed of so let's like celebrate it um yeah Giselle
2: just to say one more thing now that with um Cubans were also very for Trump so I I think again thinking if you say you're Cuban you're like oh well you're probably Republican mm-hmm. you probably love Trump so that's just another
0: little thing yeah. to add. I also I don't know that I agree that Cubans aren't proud of their heritage I think Cubans are like I think that for me because I don't fully agree with all the things like I don't I I I don't think a lot of at least like older Cubans and I don't see you don't see it as often as just like the everyday Cuban being like super they don't talk about issues of race as much they don't they don't talk about their privilege as Cubans, you know, they don't talk about how Cubans, because Cubans were all they had to do was touch American soil to get citizens, so like to get into the citizenship process. That's unheard of like nowadays. You don't like no other immigrant got to just like touch American soil and yeah. just like get privilege. <laughs> like that's not how it worked. So like all you had to do is, and I'm not saying it wasn't hard. Like I'm sure, especially for the Cubans mm-hmm. who came by raft or boat or whatever, like that's not an easy trek. And if they were caught leaving, they weren't coming like they weren't making it out alive like there was there was a lot of things that could happen to them they could have faced imprisonment or death like if they were caught and had to go back to cuba because they weren't supposed to be leaving especially the ones who were like refugees but i do think like cuban americans especially in miami they are so proud to be cuban and they are so proud (laughs) to be american cuban americans love both their countries like they love not so much like cuba right now but they love the idea of being cuban americans like Cuban Americans are like die hard like patriots yeah like you'll mm-hmm. see Cuban flags with like
2: the Trump flag like yeah they,
0: they are very proud <laughs> they're extremely yeah. proud um I mean if you look at Miami like there are plenty of different um Hispanic and like Latin heritages but like Cubans just they out they outweigh um like Cuban food outweighs everything Cuban like restaurants Cuban like you know places to go that are what like literally anything you can think of that could be um like hispanic or latin based there's probably more of it if anything than the cuban version um and like when you think about cuban like when you think about hispanic food a lot of people think about cuban food they think about cuban coffee they think about mm-hmm. cuban music they think about little havana like those are mm-hmm. all inspired from cuban places not like other um and th- there is plenty of other like um diverse and ethnic options in miami but Because I think, uh, I think a lot of it because of the wet foot dry foot policy, which allowed Cubans, all they had to do was touch American soil to get citizenship. It made it really easy for Cubans to become the majority in Miami. Um, Mm, mm -hmm. Because, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't hard (laughs) compared, compared to um, other, you know, people who had to fight for like 10 years to get green cards and visas and citizenship um, Mm. or had to like, you know, flee their countries and hope that america would say yes not you know have a guarantee if they could make it so um and i'm not saying that it takes away from how hard it could have been to leave your country no matter you know what it's hard to leave the place that you call home but
1: i definitely yeah, know systemically like that's yeah. a big difference between like people who are trying to immigrate to the u.s now and yeah. like even back then definitely yeah. i could see why there's like some like anger like to people because of yeah. that I
0: definitely think it's interesting yeah I don't know it's definitely weird um but yeah pretty much like I mean if you throw a dart at Miami you're gonna hit a Cuban (laughs) like (laughs) everyone's Cuban (laughs) or half Cuban or something I mean not everyone but obviously Giselle's not but like you know it's just they're everywhere we're everywhere (laughs) I think one thing that's weird um like when I moved I always tell Giselle this and like and then she's experienced it maybe too a little bit too because she's come out to like when I was in school in Idaho she came out and visited me um and she's been out to the West a few times now since I've lived out here. Um, but like when you grow up in Miami and you have your white dad's last name, you're only half Cuban and you don't speak Spanish well <laughs> um, and you're light skinned, um, you really like don't feel very Cuban. Like they pretty much. And like even like friends or like anyone that I knew, you know, they'd assume because they saw my dad's last name. They're like, oh, she's white. And then I'd be like, no, I'm Cuban. They'd be like, well, do you speak Spanish? And I'd be like, no like not well um and they'd be like oh so you're like a gringa and I'm like no like <laughs> you know like I am Cuban but I never felt very Cuban my mom didn't force me to speak Spanish at home I moved with my dad when I was 14 so I was r- really living in an American household by the time I was 14 um really the most like um time I felt that I was like you know in a Hispanic family was like or in a Hispanic community was like when I would be at other friends houses and their parents would speak Spanish or you know, cook traditional food at home. Um, or when you go out to like Cuban restaurants, or maybe when I'd go to like um extended family's house. Um, but for the most part, like my life, especially once I got into high school, felt very like American. And then when I moved to Idaho, I was like, Oh shit, I'm not as white as I thought I was, <laughs> like, because I would have these little things that like no one else had ever heard of that made me feel like much more like a, you know, an immigrant's kid, um, than I had ever felt before in my life. So
1: Okay.
2: Definitely, a weird,
0: yeah. Experience.
1: <laughs> I was gonna ask you, like, yeah, did you feel like that was a problem that you like you didn't feel more like Cuban American when you came to the West?
0: Um, I think I'm glad that I came out here because I feel like it made me be able to be proud of being Hispanic and not having to fit all these little boxes that everyone told me that I had to like check. Um, because I feel like if I would have just never lived in Miami my whole life and maybe moved somewhere, like I would have moved maybe to like an East Coast city where everyone's diverse but like you know but being diverse isn't that big of a deal because everyone is so you don't really think about it as much just like Miami um I don't think that I ever would have really embraced being Hispanic like I would have ever I just never would have talked about it I would have always been like oh, I'm, I'm just I'm just white and nothing else like I'm not I'm not ethnically diverse like because I just don't think I would have ever been really proud of it because I felt like because I didn't speak Spanish or because I didn't check all these little boxes that I didn't have a right to be proud of it um and I think that's bullshit. I definitely have a right to be proud of it. But half my family is from. Um, obviously, I have certain privileges because of my dad's last name. Because I'm, um, because I'm, you know, lighter toned. Because if I don't get a tan in the summers, you probably could never tell that I'm Hispanic unless you really stared at me. Um, you know, I think that, you know, there's obviously I have certain privileges, but that doesn't mean that I don't get to have, you know, the, um, you know, the joy of getting to be you know from an immigrant family like i am and i and i think when i moved out to idaho i was like oh shit like people are actually a lot whiter than me (laughs) like i'm actually (laughs) like whoa that's different like i would talk about certain things people would be like i've never heard of that or like what's that or i don't know about that and i'm just like oh okay (laughs) like huh interesting i'm like shit (laughs) okay yeah yeah that's that's a little different than how my like my life was like um so yeah it's definitely really weird um I think, I don't know, Giselle could talk more. I mean, Giselle, um, you know, both her parents are, um, Latin, and, um, and her mom speaks, like, they speak Spanish at the home, and you've always spoke, spoke Spanish, and that kind of stuff, so I think you have yeah. a deep Yeah, book. yeah, all my
2: life, um, at home, it's always been Spanish. I remember, like, first grade or kindergarten, they were helping me, um, when when my parents were together they were helping me do this homework but they just couldn't get the English and like I knew how to say it in English but if I would say it to them they just wouldn't get it so whole life I did my homework by myself when there were forms that my parents had to sign or my mom I would just like translate it to her if there were parent teacher conferences I would I would translate even like on the phone if it was like talking to like the cable company like I'd have to do it so yeah very very um Mm -hmm. little different from Alex
0: (laughs) yeah
1: yeah do you think think you had to like grow up pretty fast because of that
2: oh definitely and since it was just me and my mom um since I was like like seven or something um yeah I I definitely had to grow up a little faster
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely I mean I had the same experience with some of those things I didn't have to do the cable company because my parents spoke English but I'm think that it was like maybe it wasn't for my parents being immigrant or my mom being an immigrant um I think it was more just like both my parents worked and were divorced um and I was also like an only child you know with my mom um at least in time with my dad I did all the like paperwork field trip whatever forms like my dad never touched those I would just like mark the spot where his signature needed to be <laughs> um he didn't sign them you know or he didn't read them or anything I read them Trent like pretty much gave him the lowdown of what it was about and he we moved on but I think that comes more from my dad just being like working um and also my dad just wasn't like you know I mean my dad's great but he's not really one to read a bunch of forms and you know he's not (laughs) he's not very good at like the he's um he's a cook so he's not um
2: Dana does his own
0: thing he's not much with the spelling and the writing
1: (laughs) he he's a dad he does
2: dad
0: he's a dad exactly um so yeah I don't know it was definitely weird I think I I think that I definitely think just in general, kids in, like, Miami grow up a little bit faster. I think there's something about, I don't know. I feel like we were all, like, a little, uh, I feel like we all were doing, like, things that maybe, like, people in Idaho didn't do until they were, like, 18 that we were doing at, like, 16.
2: <laughs> I think we like, were
0: also a little crazy back then. <laughs> yeah. I think part of it was also, like, our parents were just busy. Like, our parents had to work. No, that's we true. And yeah. most of us came from divorced homes or, like, yeah. remarried homes. So it was just different. Like, we didn't have you know, we didn't have, like, the two-parent yeah. household that some kids had, Um so, and, you know, we didn't have moms who, like, didn't work, you know, our parents worked, <laughs> so they didn't have time to worry about us, like, what we were doing, I mean, your mom was always the one who worried I think about us, but we still got away with so much shit, <laughs> so much, so much, <laughs> I remember, like, one of the first times I met Giselle's mom, and we were going out somewhere, she, like, blessed me before we left the house,
2: <laughs> and yeah. I was, like,
0: what? <laughs> yeah.
2: Every day before she goes to work, she has to do it. Like if she forgets, she has to come back. She's like, Did they do it? And I'm like, nah. She's like, it feels weird if she doesn't at this point.
3: Oh,
0: really no, like, maybe tell them what that's like, like what it, like what being blessed like is because some people might not have any idea what we're talking uh, about. I'm
2: like the worst Catholic. Like I'm not even Well, like, isn't
0: I- it like um our father, our son, and our holy Oh Spirit. yeah, yeah, that <laughs> then in Spanish for your mom. Yes, yes which I don't even know how you say that.
2: in um, yeah nombre del hijo, el padre y el santo. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah,
0: and you have to do from head, heart, and then left, right, shoulders, and then yeah. you kiss your hand or like, or like, you know, wherever, and then you say amen. So. Yeah, so whenever I go on, if I'm going on a trip on
2: a plane, I always do it. Um, if my mom is leaving for work or she's going on she's going anywhere she does it
0: yeah
1: this is precious I mean like it's a good like tradition to like promote like good health and passage and like just keep people safe I imagine
0: no yeah I never was like I mean I didn't grow up my mom wasn't super I mean she forced me to do all the things but then I didn't I rebelled and was like I don't want to do this (laughs) and then my dad Mm -hmm. didn't enforce it so I never I mean I knew all the catholic traditions but we just didn't do them in my house um and other than like would you go to church and and stuff or no i went to church probably like almost every sunday until like maybe i was like 10 oh okay it was pretty common like i mean i remember going i was like i did all the normal things you're supposed to do for a while and then it just kind of stopped i think i always was like really against church because i never i think i had a big problem with it because the catholic church can be old-fashioned um (laughs) and especially the church we went to was very old-fashioned and I felt like they weren't very accepting of gay people um especially Catholics um and I didn't understand why mom and me would go to church because I would be like well does the church know you're gay and she'd be like well no oh yeah and I'd be like why do we go then because if they're not going to accept you like I would I feel like I was I just never understood like I didn't it couldn't it didn't make sense to me how we could go somewhere that didn't fully accept her because i'm like god's supposed to be like this accepting person and like know everything about you so like it just didn't like add up to me um. i think growing up for
2: me my family is very very religious and mm. going back i i go to like if i go back to nicaragua i go to church with them and it's just been always a part of my life so i think i view it more of course the catholic church itself like the whole the foundation i guess like what it's become it's very um hypocritical and you know for for many reasons but I think I just appreciate how people believe in it or mm-hmm. just at least how my family believes in it yeah I think it's I think it's um very how could I say I don't know it's very precious to see how how they pray and how it unites us all so I see it more as in that view yeah as of how I grew up
0: I mean even though i'm not like super like i don't i get like all the things you're saying and i and i have like those little moments where i'm like oh that's nice but i don't really feel that as much but even even though i'm like uh about it like if something was really horrible in my life i would want i would think about like praying would come to me it would be something i think about or like when i went to germany a couple years ago with um my ex-boyfriend at the, or now, um, he, like, we went to Germany, and we saw, there was this little Catholic church near the Berlin, like, where the Berlin Wall used to be, that was probably, like, originally used to be there, and went into the Catholic church, and it's, like, it's literally just a little shack, like, it's nothing, nothing like Catholic churches that you see, like, in Miami, but, um, we went inside, and it smelled the exact same way that every other (laughs) Catholic church had been because of the holy water, and I was just, like, immediately, like, whoa, and I just had, like, a little moment where I was, like, oh, okay, and I did, you know, I did the little amen and whatever, um, have my little moment with god but like you know and I, I don't really it doesn't it doesn't really like affect my life on a daily basis but it's definitely something like of my background like i mean i grew up being told all the catholic things for most of my life um mm-hmm. it was just never super i feel like my, my family did a really bad job at the enforcing part of everything like they'd be like this is what we're gonna do but they didn't enforce it yeah so they'd be like you're gonna learn spanish but they didn't enforce it you know so it's like they tried to get me to do these things, but they didn't, you know, just make it a part of the everyday routine. So it didn't stick. Um, and I was a really like, I, I was a talk back kid. Like I, I wanted to understand how everything worked and to, to the degree of like getting in trouble to like, to know, you know, I wanted to like, I wanted to know so badly that I would pick a fight just to get my answer. Um, Cause I just had to understand why we would do things if I didn't like the answer, I wanted a different answer. Um, I wanted, I wanted it to like be understood the same way I understood it. Um, So, you know, my mom didn't want to put up a fight every time we went to church because she didn't have a good answer for me about like, why we would go to someplace that didn't accept her. Um, Like, you know, at least in my opinion, like truly, but, you know, she, I guess she didn't feel that way. It wasn't the same for her, but, and she can, you know, make her peace with that the way she wants to. I just, it just doesn't work for me. I think that was part yeah. of it, No, so, I don't know, I always, I felt the need to challenge everything, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, from my experience with Catholicism, I'm not Catholic by any means, but, like, a lot of people, like, do it just because it's tradition, and it brings, mm-hmm. like, a comfort to them in some way, like, it, it's something that they can always fall back to, like, even if, like, their world is in shambles, or, like, they're having any problems, like, that's always the same, so, like, there's some sort of, like, consistency there that they can always, like, rely on, and, like, it feels like a, a security blanket in a way, I imagine. So I could I could see that with something like with your mom, like even though like these people are against her and all of these things, like this is something that like will be there for you no matter what, because it's stable.
2: Yeah, And that's why I said it, I, I think of it as hypocritical because a lot of families just go get all dressed nice and go to church on Sunday, but then they're like talking smack about this other person and like completely going yeah. against what they say they believe in.
0: No yeah I agree and I think that was always like my thing was I just didn't feel like I've never felt like you need like a book or a person or whatever like a figure to be to tell you to be a good person like I just kind of feel like people should be able to just be good people like I just I don't know I've never felt like you need some higher being to I mean like you can believe in all that and like I'm not saying that I don't I just I don't think that I need him to be the reason or like his book to be the reason I'm good. Like, I just think, like, you're kind to people because that's what you do. Like, of course, you're kind to people. You help people. Like, you help the poor. You donate to charity. You volunteer. You, you know, you do all the things you're supposed to do because you're supposed to do them. Like, that's just the right thing to do. So I've never felt like religion was the reason I needed to do those things. And, like, God's not telling me to be a good person. I'm just going to be a good person because it's, like, I don't want to be a bad person. Like, you know, right. like, I, just, I don't know. I just never grew up thinking. So I think because I always had that mindset, I not know where that mindset came from. <laughs> um but you know just was how I I guess I was born I was just raised that I don't know if I was even raised that way I think because I was very much raised to be like I think my dad maybe had an influence on that because like he's I think technically he's like Protestant is maybe like what he would identify as um but he was never super like into it but he was always a good person like he always you know helped people or was kind or you know, did all these, like, the things that you're supposed to do in life to be kind or whatever. Um, So, and I didn't see him be overly religious. So I just was like, cool, you don't have to be religious to be kind. Like, they don't have to go together. And I think what Giselle was talking about with, like, the hypocriticalness of, like, seeing people who are super devout and they go to all their ceremonies when they're, like, rude to somebody or, you know, they're not kind or they spit on somebody or whatever <laughs> that's wrong. Mm-hmm. I just was, like, I kind of felt like, well, to be religious you're almost like it felt like to me like if you were religious you were hypocritical versus if you're just kind you're just kind so i don't know
1: yeah i i grew up in like a a new age christian like Mm -hmm. household so it's just like it's like modern day christianity like it has like its traditional like moments but like it was kind of like about building community and rather than like necessarily holding up traditions like there was times where you would like read the bible and like that kind of thing um but that's kind of, like, where I, um. well, maybe that's not where I, but, like, I found, like, a lot of hypocritical, like, hypocrite what? How do you say that? Hypocritical? Hypocrite
0: Hip- no. hypocrites?
1: Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> There was a lot of, uh, what do they call it? It's, like, hippo, it's, like, with the schism in the end.
0: Hippocratic? No, that's, like, no. You have no idea what you're saying. <laughs>
1: Hypoc-
0: hypocrisy yeah there's oh, yeah
1: <laughs> there's hypocrisy in like the church that I went to um so like because I like am I'm queer and like I didn't feel like they accepted that so I was like well what's the point of like going to some place that like doesn't like me or like there would always be people that would like talk back to people or like um behind their back like they would talk shit so it's like mm-hmm. you guys aren't really actually Christian you're just <laughs> here for like the idea to, yeah. that this place makes you feel good um yeah. and I think that's just like a huge part about religion is like why else would people go to church if they don't feel like it's a place that they can like absolve all their sins like that's yeah. like the whole Christian belief system is like or the religious system is like you can sin but if you go to church it's all forgiven like yeah. you can be a bad person but like if you go to church like it doesn't matter like you're fine so it's mm-hmm. almost like an excuse for like doing bad things in the way <laughs> at least yeah, maybe that's yeah. my perspective no I, but, I
0: get that perspective
1: but that's not really like about people of color or like anything yeah, so, like that but
0: just an just idea. really <laughs> i think religion is like a really big part of like being hispanic like i think pick any hispanic person and they'll tell you like they were raised like most of them not all but like i think majority hispanic or latin kids were raised in some kind of religious household like, whether it be Catholicism or not, like, those two go together quite well, Um, at least in my experience, like, I don't know many kids who, at least, at least if they, even if their parents don't practice or whatever, or aren't, weren't super devout, like, at some point, there was some little moment where, like, religion was a part of their life, Um, even if it's just for a second, you know?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, No, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't know, it's super weird. I think another topic that, like, I was talking with Giselle about was like um it's like being from Cuba means that like at least when I grew up like if you're Cuban you hate Castro you hate Fidel Castro um which was like so if those who don't know like Fidel is the dictator who came in to Cuba around like 1959 and he took it over and was like the long like the one of the longest or the longest um like running regimes <laughs> of Cuba um he didn't die until like 2016 so he was
1: yeah it was well, within okay. our lifetime
0: yeah for 55 56 years something like that um so he's been around he was around for a while and the castros are still like in charge like, his brother raul um took over after um so yeah i mean like when i grew up like castro was like portrayed as like the devil like <laughs> like everything about castro is wrong he could never have done anything right when i talked to my mom about the issue she was like you know i remember like the day castro died when my family like celebrated like it was it was a celebration um for his death and like that's how miami reacted like the streets of miami were like filled with cubans like partying um restaurants gave out free like cafe for a week like free cuba libres which is like rum and coke um like it was a it was a party <laughs> that that man had died plenty of things that he did that were completely wrong and i'm not um disagreeing that with that but i think like doing a lot of research you also find that like fidel actually he helped a lot of like lower income people um he brought up the literacy rate in cuba so that now it's like you know cuba is like one of the most literate countries um ever like it's like 99 percent of the country is able to read and write um and you know he helped with like the south african apartheid so i don't know it's definitely weird
2: Okay. Um,
0: So yeah, growing up, obviously in
2: Miami, surrounded by Cubans, you hear Castro is the devil. He's evil. We don't even say his name. And whenever I would talk about this with my mom, she would just, she she couldn't agree with that. She left um, Nicaragua when she was 12 to Cuba by herself. Um, She was living in poverty in Nicaragua and she saw this opportunity in Cuba to study. So she went and she stayed there until she was like 20, like 23, 24. And she became a chemical engineer over there. So in her in her eyes, Castro isn't this, I mean, evil person. He helped her get an education, something she could have not done in Nicaragua. So whenever my friends or just anyone I know would say, like, talk shit about Castro, I'd just be like, just quiet, because, I mean, my mom got educated because of him. So,
3: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, I feel like
1: the common... Sorry, the, the common misunderstanding of, like, Castro is, like, isn't he, like, a big, it's, like, the big red scare, like, communism thing, like, everyone's still so scared of communism and, like, what that means, um, and because, like, the U.S. had so much propaganda against communism that they just believed that it was bad um, without, like, really digging into any information, but it, from what it sounds like, it's, like, he actually did a lot for his communities and for, like, yeah. impoverished people.
0: Yeah yeah no I definitely think I think it's a balance I mean I don't think that the good things he did outweigh the bad like that's not how it works um and I don't think that like you know Cuba is like, the perfect example of like how yeah, we're, we're not Castro living. apologists no like I don't think we should all be living like how Cuba's living there's a lot of issues still in Cuba even with some of the good things that he did um but I just think that like for some reason like Cubans never talked about like you know, they never admitted any of like the good we only focused on like complete negativity and we never thought like hey maybe that like, well, that was a cool thing like no i don't want him in charge but like maybe you know when we change things or if we did change things we could think about how like this affected those communities and like how you know he raised the literacy rate right? how the african like the afro cubans um like their life expectancy went up to that of the white cubans which was like 80 years of like living and that's even higher than like american <laughs> like life expectancy So I don't know. I think it's definitely like a conversation and it like, but like when you talk about like I remember talking about it with my family and it's like you just got that conversation was like shut down. Like it wasn't even like a conversation to be had. It was just like, no, Castro is the devil. That's, that's it. Which I don't know. I think is interesting because like they were so focused on like, like the whole reason that they all wanted to leave was so we could all have freedom to think and act how we want. And the minute you try to challenge any initial thought, it's like shut down which is exactly what they were so afraid of, you know, like mm. they're so afraid of not being able to be, have their freedoms. So and the minute you're like, Hey, I would like to think a little differently. They're like, no. <laughs> so mm. I think that's, I don't know. I think that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, no, Cubans tend to be pretty racist, so <laughs> especially <laughs> older Cubans. And I think they pass it down to their kids. Um, and I just think, I just don't think the issue of race is like talked about by white Cubans. I think they just ignore it. Like it wasn't an issue. Um mm
3: because mm-hmm. I don't remember
0: growing up hearing about like Cuba being this like diverse place like I in my mind Cuba was white oh really yeah no oh, wow. I never thought about Cuba being black or indigenous I didn't even realize that that was like actually a majority of the population which like I mean if you think about it for a second it makes sense because it's a Caribbean um, mm-hmm. country like of course it has African descent like every yeah. other country around it is extremely African influenced So I wouldn't Cuba be as well um, but my family made it sound like it's a Spaniard country yeah like Spanish came there and that was it you that's know? crazy which I was like okay that's it and then now that I'm growing up I'm like wait what every almost every Cuban probably has African descent like what do you mean <laughs> like I thought we were all like white, white Spaniards
2: that's crazy I guess just because I come from the opposite view from my mom like mm-hmm. enjoying
0: Cuba I didn't I didn't think of it as that at all how interesting yeah I just never thought about it. Like I didn't even know. Like that because I was when I was doing research and stuff. You know, a lot of people say that like almost every Cuban probably does have some form of like African descent um, in them, whether it, you know be like five percent or fifty percent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether or not you have it doesn't take away from the privilege you have if you're light skinned. But I think that it's interesting. Like I didn't even know that could have possibly been part of my heritage. Like that, and that's like part of the heritage of the country that I come from. Like that was just like not a conversation we talked about hello hey mom hey baby girl how are you i'm good how are you
3: i'm good
0: i don't know i want to talk we're going to talk a little bit about just like the conversation of like race in cuba um so i don't know i guess like and also just like the conversation also of like what castro is like Um, so, I don't know, I've been doing, like, some research, and obviously, like, there's many negative things about Castro, or, like, Fidel and stuff, but also, like, there's a lot of articles and stuff that feel like, you know, as much as all the negative things he did, he also did a lot of good things for, you know, lower-income people, people of color, um... Uh, I don't know about that. You don't agree?
3: Uh, No.
0: Can you tell me a little bit why?
3: Well, he took over the country. Mm-hmm. after Batista was not such a good president and one of his famous lines was that nobody needed weapons you know what did they need weapons for and everybody turned in their guns and the next thing you know he took the place over and he's you know it was communist country and at that time we lived in havana because i guess my dad and my mom they rented a <clears throat> A house from somebody who had already left on Fifth Avenue, but being communist, you know, being a communist country, yeah, he, he portrays like he's going to give socialism to everybody, you know. But that's not true. That that's not really what happened. And um, when I was little, I used to ask mom, you know, well, why, you know, how did you guys let this guy get in? And he kind of pulled the wool over their eyes because they they didn't. Bautista wasn't the greatest um, dictator or president, but, you know, there was a lot of business going on in Cuba. They um, The sugar cane. Hershey's chocolate had a plant there. Um, there's not abstention, um well, sugar cane, tobacco. Uh, they had all these, you know, they had cars from the United States. They still have cars from the United States in the 50s that somehow those Cubans get them to continue working and they had the tropicana and a bunch of the dance places where uh, there, there was gambling the mob was there cuba was the biggest and the most beautiful is the most beautiful natural island in, in all of the caribbean most people would say like the beaches of varadero with a v varadero are like some of the beaches that Would say, you know, nobody's ever seen a beach like so beautiful. It had mountains too. Um, And we were from, well, mom's family was from um, Camaway, Ciego de Ávila. Dad's family was from Cuba and Havana. So he kind of pulled the wool over their eyes thinking that maybe he was going to do all these great things, but he didn't. Did he give some food to people? Yeah, I suppose he did, but he. You know, he bankrupt the, the whole island, and he stole all the money. And then his brother, who was president for a short period of time, uh, when Castro died, he was the assassin. They would just kill people. They would just kill people, and, you know, they'd shoot them right into a hole, and that was it. they just cover up the hole. He killed, you'd have to look this fact up, but quite a few uh, people that they know of. And then of course, you know, the United States, look look at my mom's job. My mom was the legal secretary for ESSO Standard Oil. That was the first name it had, it was E-S-S-O. I even had a, an emblem of that because I found one on one of the islands and I, I bought it, I think in the Bahamas. They were pulling out of Cuba. That's how lucky we got. You know, mom, the three girls uh, and then my grandmother all came because of that. So, mom had a job in Coral Gables uh, with
0: the Yeah, same no, people. I mean, yeah, I I get all that, and I'm not saying that the things he did were wrong were good, but there's also a lot of articles and different. I mean, these are proven facts, and so you can't really deny them. Is that like he, he, you know, when he came in with his literacy campaign um, to help people be able to read better, um, like a lot and a lot of the people that weren't, you know, like our family was probably fine. But the thing is that the people, you know, who were Afro-Cubans or Cubans with an indigenous background who might have been living in poorer parts of Cuba and not have the resources we had, you know, they weren't being taught how to read and write. Um, and so his literacy campaign, like, helped a lot of those people well, be able yeah, to actually have, get an education. And also they have, their they life expectancy the went up to what, to the, you know, that of, like, white Cubans.
3: Okay. You you fact-checked that? Yeah okay all right so but you know nobody wants to live in a in a, in a communist country no but do you nobody think you to live Cuba in might a socialist just... country either from a dictator that really doesn't care that much about the people okay well socialism I mean, Castro... countries aren't
0: run by dictators that's that would be that wouldn't be a socialist country then huh? socialism doesn't call for a dictator that's not what socialism is
3: well, but that's what he was. Dictator, he was not a communist. socialist. He Diction. was a
0: communist. There's a difference. He was a
3: commie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He was a communist.
0: There is a difference.
3: You know, and then when the Bay of Pigs happened, when we went in to to try to liberate the U.S. was going in, and, and John F. Kennedy uh, was be- behind that, well, they didn't go in with enough men. You know, so it was, if you look up the Bay of Pigs, you'll see, I mean, loads of 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 you know people just died they didn't they didn't come in with a big enough bang for I mean, the true,
0: US do to you, do anything do you think that maybe like can you admit or do you because i mean i have a lot of friends obviously from miami and and most of them aren't cuban i'm like the cuban friend and they're all from different countries so do you think that a lot of them feel that cubans are the most racist latin american or um, hispanics
3: no you don't think so I don't think they're racist. No, okay. I mean, <clears throat> you know, they're they're they love the United States. Sure, but the United States. Do you think their the Cubans to-
0: love the United States because and but do you think that we think that we love it so much that we feel the need to become whiter? Because I think that I think that growing up it was very pressured on me to be like you know when I marry someone he should be he should be white skinned. You know, because
3: I should marry Oh, up. I don't think so. I think that that was just a joke that you would say, you know. Is a certain race Well, there was a lot of Irish people. So, I mean, it's like in the United States, there's there's a lot of black people, too. Um, and we're not all, you know, racist. I'm not racist to, to black people.
0: No, but do you think you that, know, I mean, Cuba had, I mean, there was a big, I mean, it's still obviously an issue, but it's an issue everywhere, so. But do you, I mean, there was a big, it seemed like there was a big discrepancy in Cuba, of you know, rich people were the white Cubans and or people that were well off, and people that weren't well off were the black Cubans or the Afro right. Cubans.
3: Well, that's true. And we had, we had you know, a cook and we had people that helped in the house. And they were my mom's favorite worker was a black Jamaican lady, she left Jamaica and she worked for our family for a long time. I
0: mean, yeah, that's fine, but there's a bit the thing, I mean, just because she, I don't know, it's just you know, just because.
3: Well, I'd look up. I'd look up the facts, like how many in in 1959, how many people were black in Cuba, and I think that you'll find now there's probably more, because the people that could get out during the time that you could get out, which was till about I think 1964, 65, it was easy to get out. Then it became harder. Like Theo and Dia, they they couldn't leave because Theo's mom was Spanish. And they couldn't find a birth certificate. And in the end, the way that they got out was to Rafa in, in Orlando had delivered uh, Senator I think it was Senator Gurney's three children. Uh, he was an OBGYN. And I think Exxon her mom's mom's best friend, her lawyer, uh, that she worked for suggested that why didn't he have the senator over for dinner? and ask them for a favor, like if you could try to help the UNT get out of Cuba, because the flights were already closed. So within, I don't know how long it was, but it wasn't didn't take too long, maybe three to four months, maybe five months. Um, they they got them on a plane to Spain. Now they had to live in Spain for a year and a half before they could come to the US. But when that happened, Tio, Tio, Tio Pedro in New York made sure that, that Abuela, Got to go to Spain to see Helena because they hadn't seen her in about nine, or, nine or ten years.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not the biggest one on on all the reference because remember I was the youngest one to leave. You know, I was only two, but Cuba yeah. had everything. <laughs>
0: coat closet um i don't know what we're talking about oh growing up um, yeah
1: growing up in miami i don't
0: know we just we we did what normal high schoolers did we like we i think we had like a lot of like liberties maybe more than i don't know if we was more than most high school kids but we, we pretty much especially like my senior year so giselle's junior year um we went out like every single weekend like Friday Saturday like did something like almost every day like probably from like I would say like maybe January of like my senior year till like I graduated um like we did something every weekend I don't remember ever studying on the weekends <laughs> like I don't yeah, even I'm like, back, I'm like
2: how did I how did I do well in classes like
0: yeah how we would just God?
2: do random shit like we would just like go to the coffee shop and then like go to the park or something it was yeah just-
0: or we would always, we do this thing where we would, like, troll for parties. <laughs> so we would, like, oh, yeah. we would, like, we would know someone who knew of a party, so we'd go there, and, then, and we'd hope it'd, like, get us to another party, or we'd, like, find out about another party, and we'd, like, just find these random parties. Like, we, like, knew, like, one person there, and we yeah. would just go there. And, I don't know, it was always just, like, super weird. And then we had to, like, take turns, and he would drive the Jeep, or he would drive, because, like, who wanted to drink. Um, and um, there was, like, I don't know, it was just, like, we always had to get back at a reasonable time though because of Giselle's mom um we could get away with staying out later (laughs) if your mom was working at the bagel shop
2: Mm
0: -hmm. because Giselle's mom works nights um -hmm. if her mom wasn't gonna be home until like seven in the morning then we could get away with it you know because then no one would know um and I would just see um, sleeping at Giselle's you know so
2: (laughs) and my mom loves Alex so she's like okay if you're with
0: Alex okay yeah, and, like, it got to the point, you know, like, I mean, like, by the time, like, almost by the time I graduated, and now anytime I visit, it's, like, you know, there's, like, no questions asked. Like, it's, I mean, she'll ask us what we're doing, obviously, because she has to know. Yeah, but, like, yeah, you could pretty much say we're doing anything, and her mom would be, like, okay.
2: And when I didn't have a car, the first time you came back, I think. Yeah. you She let us use her
0: her truck. Yeah, just, because like, Giselle like, didn't, didn't have her license yet. Because yeah. um, mm-hmm. I think that's a really common thing in Miami, is, like, kids, we wait, a, I think we wait a while to get our licenses, even though it's a pretty um because i feel like none of us i mean maybe we had like one friend who had their license at like the 16 range but i don't feel like most of us weren't really driving until we were like in our junior and senior years and even then like, some of you like you and like fran didn't get your licenses until like after he started like college or almost like yeah said. yeah
2: no fran had her license before she just didn't have a car yeah but I just didn't have a license over
1: a car.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I had, like, this weird anxiety thing with driving. <laughs> I mean, Driving in Miami. Well, is, like,
1: yeah. Though. I was going to say, like, there's freeways oh, and highways everywhere. <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like I'd be scared.
0: I, like, feel way more comfortable driving, like, in that setting than I do. Like, driving, like, like, the trip from, like, Boise to, driving up to, like, Kermit and Ethan went to school, like, Moscow. Like, I feel way more comfortable driving, like, 85 on the highway, like, than I do driving through the freaking woods. <laughs> Like, I mean, I've gotten that's used fair. to it at this point, but I just, I mean, I just, I mean, I grew up driving those roads, so I've always, like, there's, just. And that's just, like, the thing that I grew up driving on, like, how I learned how to drive, so I feel like it's a very. I'm wondering if Ethan
2: meant more of us growing up Hispanic.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably, but I can't really think of anything that I'm like, that was really Hispanic.
2: <laughs> I mean, like, for me, like, I always listen to Spanish music, like, like, Mexican, romantic music, because of my dad and then like I listened to reggaeton which is like this how can I describe reggaeton it's like um it's like Spanish hip-hop I guess
0: yeah it was it's mixed, oh. mixed with like reggae music I guess, right? yes yes it yes, yes, yes. comes from like uh, the Caribbean music you know?
2: yeah so up until like mm, like sixth grade I would listen to only reggaeton and then um then I discovered like Tudor Cinema Club and I'm like okay I'm an indie kid now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I I still love my Spanish music. But like I remember, um, like with my boyfriend, he knew he knows a lot of. um, Well, he's Puerto Rican, so he had both of that American and Spanish. Mm -hmm. But um, like his parents introduced him to like The Cure and like um, Tears for Fears and all of that. But I never had that. Like I never listened to that when I was a child. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So it's just interesting Mm -hmm. how I got more of the Spanish, the Spanish side of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: Me. Oh. Oh no, I... God, oh no like the stuff i listened to as a kid was like britney spears top 100 <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know like rihanna there was it was nothing like cultural at all
0: i think my mom my mom was in the record industry hey, Gaga is a culture i'm sorry <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> you're right i apologize oh my God.
0: <laughs> I didn't really grow up listening to a lot of Hispanic music. I honestly feel like the song I listened to most that was Hispanic was La Cucaracha. <laughs> <my friends. laughs> Which is, like the most white version of any. The, like
1: Mariachi band? Like, yeah, it's like La, la cucaracha. cucaracha,
0: La Cucaracha. <laughs> yeah, no puedo más. That's all oh I my
3: got. Man, you're joking!
0: feel like as i got older i was like i wanted to learn more about it um i feel like because my family didn't force a lot of cuban heritage on me like once i moved away from miami i wanted to learn more about it i wasn't like super into miami as a kid i like really hated living there (laughs) i mean i still i still have like no desire to move back there i mean i love visiting now but i don't want to live in miami like
2: but me i'm just kidding (laughs) yeah
0: like you're the only it's funny
1: it's funny now though because i feel like there's almost like a resurgence of like uh latin pop and like latin hip-hop music like mm-hmm. you see like uh like even doja cat or R- rosalia bad bunny yeah. like all of these like really big names are like becoming
0: yeah
1: popular and i wonder if that's like how do you guys feel about that or is it just, I, like, I mean yeah, i like it's it cool. i
0: think it's a, it's a cool way for me to like learn more i, I die think. for bad bunny
2: i love him <laughs> yeah.
1: true He's, like, talking
0: about, like,
2: how toxic masculinity is shit in Puerto Rico. Like, he's bringing up the important issues.
0: No, yeah. I mean, that's a big issue in Hispanic communities. Is like oh, yeah, that's a huge issue, too. Like, machismo.
2: Yeah. Um, like, mm. oh, my
0: God. Like, being I really, I think I think traditionalism is, like, still, like, f- fucking strong in, like, Latin countries. Yeah.
2: I remember, like, like if, yeah. if we were to see maybe a, I guess, more um I, I don't want to say flamboyant, but, like, a flamboyant Guy so or something. Episode. It's mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Wait, what?
0: We said flamboyant last episode. Oh, okay, okay.
2: Yeah. So if, if like we would pass by a flamboyant guy, like my my mom would be like, oh, i like a like a mariposa, is what they say, like a butterfly, oh, like yeah. but like mm-hmm. like really girly. So I remember hearing that growing up. Where even if like my I have like two um half brothers that are younger than me, like way younger, and if they were to cry about something stupid or whatever, like my dad would be like, don't be a little girl about it. Like, yeah. Like wasn't mom.
0: like, wasn't there a moment? Wasn't there like some time that Diego wore like, a uh, Diego for people who don't know is Giselle's boyfriend. Was it Diego or I don't know? Like he wore like nail polish or something. Oh yeah, he now? wore he
2: wore nail polish, and my mom was just like, "Why is he doing that?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, now it's really like cool.
1: it's super common for like guys to like wear black nails or something like that. Like it's just like a, yeah. it's the culture now.
0: I mean, definitely yeah. it's common. I also don't think it's common with Miami kids. Sure. I mean, maybe, maybe in parents and in houses that are more accepting, but I think to traditional parents are, you know, they're not. I think one thing that's really common, it didn't happen to me, but it pretty much happened to everyone else, is like staying at home longer is really common in Hispanic houses. Oh, yeah. yeah like living at home through college, like going to school where you grew up and like staying there. Um, I think that's like a really common thing. I didn't do it because my dad is white and you know he was like you go to go away to school because that's what he did um yeah. and my mom my mom was like a little bit on the she part of her wanted me to stay and the other part of her wanted me to go um but i think like giselle like she's lived at home through college um mm-hmm. and i don't know i at first i always thought that was weird but like i mean giselle's been able to save so much more money than i ever have <laughs> <laughs> and like you know her school was like been paid for and I've she did a lot of advantages to that as well so
1: hmm I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, with, like, Latin culture, like, it's more common for, like, households to stay together, or, like, your grandma lives with you, or, like, that kind of thing, or, like, if you do go to school, like, you go to school and then come back and, like, help
0: your family. Yeah, multi-generational households is, like, really common, like, the grand, like, the abuela, the aunts, like, all living at home with you, Um, like, living in, like, one house together, I think is, like, really common, or, like, living close by, at least. Um,
1: Yeah, and I think there's, like, like, i probably can't talk to it but like i imagine there's so many benefits to that like if you have like children like oh your abuela's there and she can help take care of them and like that kind of thing yeah. it's not like it's just like yeah
0: i mean that's how i the was american born. idea yeah i mean since i have didn't to have... like be separate
1: yeah go ahead sorry
0: no you're okay like since i didn't have siblings and because both my parents worked my mom used to say that i was um i was my, she used to call them all the peanut gallery like all my old all my old all the old people in my life um so it was like my tío my tío my tía my tío and my abuela were like the ones who took care of me and it, this is when I say tío my tío and tío they're actually like my great uncle and aunt um so they were like my my grandmother's uh, sister and then her brother-in-law um and they all took care of me like pretty much my whole life when my family like, was working like every day after school when I got older I went to my tío's house like I was surrounded by old people like my whole life like <laughs> It was always and i I think that's part of the reason maybe i grew up really quickly too is because i wasn't having conversations with like other kids i was having conversations with like all the old people (laughs) so (laughs) we would just talk about like old people stuff (laughs) and like i just had like adult conversations like the age of eight because you know there wasn't i didn't have i mean i only had one one cousin um and he's six years older than me so there just wasn't a lot of like other kids around until i got older um so I don't know. I think I mean, it was nice. I mean, I'm sure it was a really good benefit for my mom and my dad to have like plenty of older people to help take care of me and stuff, especially when I was younger. So that was a good thing. They, we didn't all live in the same house, but, you know, we only live like a couple blocks away or whatever. So. For yeah, sure. with with
2: me and my mom, it was just I mean, we have family members here, but it was just mostly if my mom would leave for something, I'd just stay by myself. So like I was like a 10 year old yeah it was interesting (laughs) and then yeah like same with Alex like my when I go to Nicaragua I used to go every summer all my my aunts and uncles are they're older and it's just I'm an only child so I would just talk to them about like you know what's going on in their their lives the drama with their friends and stuff (laughs) and my mom has like um she has seven other siblings so and they were all really really close so I think seeing seeing that and they all lived in the same house too they they took forever to to leave so seeing very hispanic
0: yeah i don't know i think i i think it influenced me like when i would come so i would have all those old people in my life and then when i would come to idaho to visit my dad's family um my dad has there's five of them five siblings and they all had kids um except my aunt debbie and my dad was the only one who had an only child like everyone else had a few kids um so i have like eight cousins out here and like we all i mean I think the oldest is maybe like eight years older than me, but then there's like one that's like a year or closer. So there's a plenty of kids to hang out with. Um, but I would always find myself hanging out with my aunts. <laughs> I would sit with my aunts, mm-hmm. like eight years old and I want to talk to my aunts. Um <laughs> and then I'd want to talk to my grandma. Um, I was I was just I've always wanted to talk to older people. Like I wasn't I never wanted to hang out with the kids. I mean, I did, but I'd always find myself like going back to the old people. <laughs> like I just loved hanging out with older people because I was so used to it. Um, and I like wanted to have conversations. I didn't want to play like Legos.
1: So. Yeah, I, I was kind of the same. Like my family is pretty big, so they have like a lot of cousins and, aunt and uncles and like. If you saw like a, what's it called? Like a family get together. Mm-hmm. They w- what are those called?
2: Reunion, gathering.
1: Yeah, a family reunion. Wow, my brain is not working today. <laughs> but yeah, like in a family reunion, there's like probably at least like fifty people there. Like it's just like. It grows pretty fast, so I I also grew up with like a lot of kids around, but I also like didn't really want to play with like Legos or like play games. Like I was just like, oh, I want to know what like my twenty year old cousin at the time was like talking about. So like exactly. I would hide and like like they would all be in the living room or something, and I would hide like behind a chair and be like, oh, I want to know what's going on. <laughs>
0: but
1: that was interesting to me. So I I feel you, yeah. yeah, Alex. I
0: don't know. Yeah. Funny. About- We're there. We're not.
2: Alex, this is like a separate kind of question. Mm-hmm. Were there phrases that you said in Idaho that they didn't understand, like Ethan and stuff?
3: Because like, there's um, like
2: definitely this Miami accent. Like, I, yeah. I, I know I have this Miami accent. <laughs> I know that I, I
0: talk too fast when I moved to Idaho.
1: You, yeah, I, you talk very fast.
0: Yeah, and I still talk really fast, but I talked faster. Um, I've also just <laughs> always talked fast, but I like remember like literally learning how to talk slower because people wouldn't understand what I was saying. <laughs> And so that was a big thing. No one says expressway out here. True. Like you know, expressway. Yeah, like like I would always say, say like, expressway. You don't say expressway. I say like like the like Expressway.
2: No, I just say like the Palmetto.
0: Shit, man. I or like the
2: 826 like Yeah, I know,
0: but I always said like expressway. if I was talking about like the it is itself, you know. Just but yeah, no. That. Everyone else, I guess people say like freeway or highway. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think of what else.
2: What yeah. are sure other things? I know, like I didn't. Re- Do you know like what Yano or yeah
1: Oh, I oh, say okay, yeah, yes. no all the time, but oh, okay, I feel like okay. that's just, I don't know why. I think it was just like, I don't know. It's yeah. so
0: funny. <laughs> that's like a really big Miami thing. It's like, it's like never just a no or a yes. It's like, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. Or no, yeah.
2: <laughs> and like, people, be,
0: people are like, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, irregardless. <laughs> I, mean, I think a lot of it comes from like Spanglish, like where you're like, that's true. Because people are switching back and forth. So like, they don't always get things right when they switch back and forth. Or you know they don't None. speak English as well, so they're like, they don't get it right, you know. But no, I can't think. Yeah, of no. Anything. I'm sure there was like shit that people were like, "What the fuck are you talking about?"
2: Yeah, I remember when I went, um, like to the West Side, like when I would ask, at- I think I think we were at like Chipotle or something. Was like the first time, mm. and they were like, "Oh, how's your day?" And I'm like good like I never get that oh, way. Yeah.
0: no people like talking to you like shit like that like people being nice at stores yeah. but, like not
2: yeah they're <laughs> like oh so what'd you do today and I'm like oh I don't know
0: <laughs> like people what? love yeah, people small people... talk out here
1: oh absolutely if you don't small talk with people like people think you're rude
0: yeah it's I've gotten so much more used to it now like making a small job because I don't want to be like come off as rude but yeah I remember when I first moved here I'd be like why is this person talking to me I remember like one yeah. time I was like walking home from like studio and like some guy just like said hello to me on the street, and I was like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> you want to? That's super fight? common.
1: Like <laughs> no. people. Oh, and like <laughs> if you cross the street, like you have to wave at the person that like stops. What? Like that's that's what? common here. Did I you have
0: No, I don't. I don't wave at anybody. The fuck?
1: <laughs> oh, like it's really common here that like oh like you just wave to be like oh thanks. Oh, like, I did that. Thanks something. for stopping. No,
0: I did that. I yeah. barely make eye contact. <laughs> oh i
2: don't look i don't yeah i don't look up i just like put my hand up <laughs>
0: yeah no i don't i, I try not to think i i'm like i never want to make eye contact with people i don't want to talk to them i mean i do mm-hmm. it more now like i do it i think the only time i do it now is like when we're in like stores i'll make like small chat but like on the street yeah. i talk to random people i'm like i like i was always told like you like you never talk to a stranger like never yeah. i mean growing up in miami like you're not going to talk to somebody if they come up to you on the street or like they pass you on the street like I literally am like, you're trying to hurt me. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. My mom has this like
2: irrational fear that I'm going to get kidnapped at any second. Like, oh, yeah. Even if I park, if I park, my parking
0: spot's like 10 feet away. And she's like, you better get in here fast. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, it's so funny. Yeah. I remember mom being like, I would, I was like warned about like watching your drink, like at a party, even oh, though yeah. I was like never going to a party at like 13. Yeah. At 13, my mom was like, never leave your drink alone. If you leave yeah, your drink, yeah, you yeah, yeah. throw it away.
2: Or if you would go um, on a trip, she'd yeah. be like, I'll stay with Alex all the time, do not separate from her. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: yeah. yeah it was definitely like a <laughs> thing. Like people would say, like, don't talk to strangers here, but then my dad would immediately go talk to a stranger. So it was just like <laughs> yeah, no. not enforced. Like it was just like, Oh, okay. Oh Whatever. god, no,
0: yeah, we never talk to people on the street. That's like weird. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah no so yeah no <laughs> yeah no oh yeah but
1: the biggest thing that i realized like when alex moved here was yeah she had talked really fast and like professors would even bring it up they're like slow down yeah. alex is like why <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't understand i think also when I, yeah. I, when I get nervous i talk faster so like that doesn't help so i'm already talking so fast and then i'm like nervous so then i'm like <laughs> Yeah. And like I feel like I've made perfect sense, but like almost no one has understood a word I said. But I think people in Miami like understand you. Like I think you can talk fast and Miami people get it.
1: Yeah. I mean people yeah. have places to go. Like I mean I talk
0: yeah, fast. Exactly. I probably talk faster than most people, but I still think that like you just you just talk fast. Like that's just how it is. I don't know yeah. what where that comes from, but yeah. Alex, do you want to talk about that body image thing? Oh, my God. <laughs> the body image of being a Hispanic woman blows. Mm-hmm. We're not all it. Jennifer Lopez. No. <laughs> I was, like, always called J-Lo as a kid. That was my mom's nickname for me. Oh, really? Yeah, because I had a big butt. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's, <laughs> that, it's that booty. Yeah, i I have a big butt, so that's why she was always like, J-Lo. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm really I kidding. was
2: always called the Hermosa, which is, like... I mean in direct translation it's like beautiful I guess but oh, yeah. how they would say it it's like like you're like like a thick woman like mm-hmm. thick like double c that's how it would <laughs> so I know if they would say it, I'm like okay they think I'm like I, I before I would say like oh like I'm chubby I'm fat but that was their just their nice way of saying it but yeah it's just like a thick thick girl
0: yeah I don't know it's definitely interesting because I feel like your parents or whoever you know like the aunties or whatever they always wanted you to oh, be yeah. like super small but the thing is like they were never that small <laughs> yeah. and like no hispanic woman is actually that small <laughs> like no yeah i've not- definitely
2: gotten comments like oh you've gotten a little chubby or like mm-hmm. oh you need to lose weight
0: <laughs> yeah and like being like brutally honest was like another thing like they would just like tell you like straight to your face like you're fat and you're just like oh. <laughs> yeah Like like there's just no politeness it was just like it's just harsh
2: Or like where's the boyfriend?
0: Yeah, oh my god. El novio? El novio. Yeah, El (laughs) Novio. It's like no, there's none. (laughs) Yeah, no,
2: that was a big thing. No, yeah. Recently, like my my dog has been sleeping in the same room, like in the she sleeps on my bed and everything. And my mom's like, your room reeks of dog, and you smell like dog, and Diego's gonna leave you and he's gonna find someone better. And I'm (laughs) like, what the fuck?
3: (laughs) He has like four dogs.
2: Or even like I know if we're going to serve Diego food, like she always gives him a bigger portion of food because he's yeah. a man and he needs to mm. eat more and like gives me less. And I'm just like, <laughs> what the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I, you don't eat a lot, but yeah, I don't, but I would, um,
0: you'd like a your quality. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I would appreciate a little bit more.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like when I moved out here, I felt like it was super weird, like that no one wore any makeup. Like a lot of girls like would walk around without makeup and stuff or like being not being very put together.
2: Mm-hmm. i feel
0: like looking nice and like wearing makeup is a big thing like always like dressing nice or you know you don't like you don't go to people's houses in like sweatpants
3: mm-hmm.
0: or like leggings you know i mean maybe now more but i don't know i feel like people always like at least you know you look like somewhat presentable whereas like, yeah. it's like more common to be casual out here um and like no yeah i noticed knows. that too when i when i went over there yeah women i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with it i wear less now but um like, I wore, like, a lot more makeup in high school. Like, I was much more, like, I have to wear makeup every day. And then when I got to college, I was, like, fuck this. I think when I visit you you you're, like, oh, let me do my makeup. Yeah. <laughs> let me do more makeup. <laughs> I'm just weird right now because of the pandemic, but. True. For facts. sure. But even, like, yeah, like, in school, I would wear makeup, like, maybe every other day at most, you know? Like, I didn't wear it every day. I just need my eyeliner to <laughs> feel like <Yeah>. a person. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like stereotypes of like beauty and like feeling like you need to be perfect um and being very I don't know I think I think Hispanic women probably deal with a lot of body issues like from their and it comes from their family which like really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not even from like magazines or like ex- other expectations like other girls have to, like we have to deal with the expectations of like magazines and media along with like our own family's expectations of what we need to look like and it's not even for ourselves it's for if we find yeah. a man like we have to and it's not even about being healthy like it's not about like getting exercise and being healthy it's about like looking yeah. pretty yeah like it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with health because I don't remember my mom being like oh you need to go for a run it's like you just need to eat less you know yeah. <laughs> like it's not like and they don't I, I was never a super I mean I was encouraged to play like sports in high school I think like most kids you know but but it wasn't like you know but it those like things that didn't correlate like oh you should play sports to be fit like you should just play sports because you should like achieve things and you should be skinny so that you're pretty.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, like it seems like your abuelas, ts and everything were like bigger than you, and you're like, why? <laughs> like, did it feel hypocritical? Yeah, just, like, I think it Whoa. did. I
0: because none of, the, I mean, like I had some. My abuela and one of my aunts is like really, really thin. My mom's always been heavier, and then my other aunt was like pretty average. But yeah, it was like, I don't know, it was just kind of weird because they were like, they're trying to make you thinner than like you, your body can physically be. <laughs> Mm. just like I just it's just not how it works you know um but yeah i don't know it, it definitely felt a little hypocritical i think sometimes and it just felt a little like it just didn't it didn't feel like it was coming from a like a good place you know it felt like it was coming from a very like um negative and like narcissistic i guess like i don't know like it just was like this need to be beautiful just to be beautiful you know not for any good reason just because you should be beautiful, like and you should look a certain way and if you don't fit this idea of being beautiful, then you're not beautiful. So, mm-hmm. I, like, I think like really destroys your self esteem.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I cannot imagine.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like,
1: be- I mean, for for guys, there's not really like that much of an expectation. Like, you can kind of do whatever. But yeah, for women, especially, I feel like it's there's huge, huge implications.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It definitely it was hard. I think I still like have like self image issues from that i definitely i think it like fucked me up a little bit um i don't know i mean it's like okay it's not the end of the world but it definitely i think a lot of hispanic women deal with this self-image issues though especially Mm -hmm. if you get away from like being told that on a daily basis and you start to like realize that beauty doesn't necessarily mean these like little boxes you know
1: right right do you think it's changing now like throughout generations like it's just probably like if you were to have a kid now like do you think that would be something you would talk about with them or is it just
0: i think that that's so fucked up i would never like tell my i mean i would want my kid to be healthy um you know but like i would encourage Mm -hmm. it from a healthy standpoint and like you know being taken care of yourself not like and i wouldn't also encourage it to like an unnecessary level you know like i just don't think that's i just don't think that you're not going to grow anyone's self-esteem you know I think it's important to make people feel beautiful and let them know like no matter how they look they're beautiful and that there's some things you should do to be healthier and like take care of yourself but that doesn't mean that you stop like I think that there's this idea that like being healthy you can only be beautiful when you're healthy and I think that that's fucked up because how can I feel like you should always feel beautiful and then you know work on your health because you want to work on your health and you want to become better for yourself but that doesn't mean you're more beautiful all of a sudden because that's just shitty <laughs> then why why are you I think gonna...
2: our generation... For sure. oh sorry I think our generation is doing a little um a better job like I see more people that are my shape or you know curvier. It's not so much as like what we grew up with like seeing Paris Hilton and like yeah. you Nicole know, like these skinny really skinny people.
1: Definitely.
0: No I definitely Yeah I think, I think it's better. I think
1: it's something that's gonna like die with that generation.
0: Yeah. I think it's better. I think there are still some things that like they're just kind of stuck with us. Yeah. And like they're gonna take a while to you know get go away because it's just when things are like so put in your brain for so long it's kind of hard to make make you forget them but I definitely think it's getting better um it's by no means perfect though yeah so yeah I, don't know. I still get called hermosa so <laughs> um, no I still have like my family still mean to me so <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Ouch>. yeah
0: <laughs> it's not great we just avoid. I just avoid. That's what I do.
3: I just yeah. avoid seeing
0: them, or I wear like really big clothes, <laughs> so they can't tell. Cool. <laughs> so we're like a really oversized sweater that day. So you're like, no. I'm like, you I'm don't like, know. She's fine. It's just a big sweater. You have no idea. You don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Is like, we no.
1: really that crazy? It's yeah. Totally off topic, but it's like, because what? Like, Florida man's always in the news.
0: That has to do with like our our laws. I think it's called the Sunshine State laws. Um, like I think there's just more of our information that's like public record. So that's why those our uh, reports. But I mean, Florida is definitely a wild place.
1: Thank you for listening to Minority.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Ethan and Alex.
1: Wait, we have to talk about who's lactose intolerant.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, we did that. Again. I'm lactose intolerant. You are too. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Why? Well, at the end of our episode, we wanted to come up with like, so we had this little thing that was like, you know, the episode is brought to you by Ethan and Alex. And then we wanted to come up with like a funny thing that every episode we'd come up with something we both have in common or like something about us. Oh, that's
2: funny. Oh, that's funny. So oh, like, that's last cute. week was
0: like, we're both, we're two friends who are both lactose intolerant. And then we told them we would let them know which one of us takes it more seriously on the next episode. <laughs>
1: Which is, yeah Ethan. yep turns yeah, out it's
0: me pills. <gasps> yeah, i
2: tried I, it for the first time that should save my life i had a milkshake it does. yeah
1: that that was well want to learn more about minority check us out wherever you scroll
0: if you're interested in sponsoring minority send us an email at email us dot at gmail.com